Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Tonight is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2011, and this is episode number 33 of the Skeptic Wire podcast. Yeah, so it's 11-11-2-2-1-1-3-3. Yeah, it's November 22nd, 2011. So it's kind of like a palindrome. Yeah, sort of, only not. It's the date itself. more Fibonacci. See what happens when we don't have Dave here. We're 30 (laughs) seconds into the podcast, and we're completely off the rails. (laughs) Well, (laughs) cat's away. Dave's not here. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, Dave couldn't join us this week because it is Thanksgiving week, and he's very busy with uh, family and and all that. But the three of us have nothing better to do but entertain (laughs) you. So, uh, my name is Greg Perrine, and joining me, a- and joining ourselves, I can't do this right. Uh, as... and, and joining us this evening are us. <laughs> Other members of the Skeptic Wirers are Donna Swafford. Uh, just avoid the ones with the hoedowns. And Gary Long. Reciprocal. All right, then. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not as funny without the... Bad looks from David, you yeah. know? Well, yes. He's yeah. our daddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. I got an awkward silence this week. Score one for the Gerg. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to start off with a, a quick little update on a story that we talked about a few weeks ago. There was a case of the Utah Highway Patrol... Uh, memorial association or something like that um putting up memorial um statues um along the the highway in utah to memorialize um people who have died in service yes and what they were doing highway patrol yeah they were putting up big 15 20 foot crosses regardless of what the religion of the um, officer was or what anybody else thought. So there are these big white crosses with the symbol of the state patrol on them and the name of the Utah officer across the, the crossbar. And uh, a couple weeks ago, this case uh, went up to the Supreme Court and they denied hearing it, which meant that the appeal, the appeal ruling on the lower court, which basically said the cross is a religious symbol, you can't have a religious symbol endorsed by the government. So the the lower court's ruling stands and they can't do this. Well, apparently um, the people at the UHP figured that they, they figured out how to, um, how to solve this problem. Their solution was to remove the uh, Utah highway patrol logo off these crosses Painting over that area, basically. That little tiny area. Yeah. Because it wasn't yeah. that yeah. big. It was like a, right below the crossbar, just a little logo. You couldn't really see it from the highway, and we'll get back to that later. And then they taped notes to the side of the crosses 
uh, saying, uh, private memorial, not a state endorsement of any religion. I love it. They put an asterisk on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, someone walked up to each, each cross, cross with a post-it note and said, <laughs> you know, this is not... You know, an endorsement of religion, but right. it doesn't say how big the the these notes were. But, but it doesn't uh, even matter. Yeah. I mean, the fact is, if you can tape something onto a memorial, probably not going to be seen, you know, by the cars. A passing motorist sixty-five miles an hour. Yeah, in in copyright, there's a called the the fool in a hurry. You know, <laughs> a, a fool in a hurry like uh, Apple Records versus Apple computers. You know, no one's going to distinguish. No one's going to think one is the other, right? right. Necessarily. Well, this is kind of the same way. Um, a fool in a hurry isn't going to notice that there's an asterisk going, not sponsored by the UHP. They're going to see a big old cross <laughs> right. on the side of the road. Right. Yeah, the American atheists are challenging this, challenging this again and basically saying that these people have paid up to $300,000 on legal fees already. And it's just it's inane to put, a, um, to, to put just this tiny disclaimer when the... The issue was about a cross. It wasn't about disclaimers or anything like that. It was about you can't use government money and government land to you put a religious symbol of one religion. Um, you, you know, the, especially the, if say one of those officers was, oh, say, not a Christian. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, well, according according to, uh, but it is Utah, so yeah. This guy named Hutchings, whatever, whatever his name is, says it's a symbol of sacrifice. That's why they chose the cross, because it's a symbol of sacrifice. It's, it's not a symbol of sacrifice. It's a symbol, symbol of capital punishment. It, it would be, be like saying, all right, we're going to memorialize all these highway patrolmen by putting big nooses out on the side of the road. <laughs> That's capital punishment. <laughs> a big spanking paddle. You know, it's sacrifice. It's a symbol of sacrifice to Christians. It is a Christian symbol. They should take it and own it on their own, on private property, without government funds. They can put up as many crosses in their want, as they want on their churches. Uh, but uh, there's also some talk about uh, private organizations wanting to buy little pieces of land so that technically the crosses are on private land. Right. But the response is, you know, you're buying a little postage stamp size of land. That does not mean that it's the same thing with, you were saying with the fool in a hurry law. Uh, rule of saying if someone's driving by the highway and they see a big old cross next to the highway, they assume the state put it up. Right. No matter if it has a little, you know, three see, inch actually, fence you know, around I, it. But I actually don't. Whenever I see a cross, I think that's somebody's personal thing. Right. And now I, I'm not. I'm not saying I agree with these 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 people because they. they first of all, they've wasted three hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. Right. Uh, trying to defend this when they knew. Going it was in, wrong. That it was wrong. So it's just stupid. Um, okay, there's 14 crosses, and 10 of them are on public property. So there's four of them that are on private property. Right. And, and those so are fine. That's fine. Someone, you know, or is perfectly well. The original to, lawsuit yeah. was only about the, the, the 10. 10. The 10, yeah. But, so just move them. Yeah. So, oh. uh, but kind of related to this, uh, a local story is uh, there were some buildings being either constructed or refurbished. For I think it was the Texas A&M campus here in San Antonio, and there were some crosses put up on these buildings by the builder, and someone basically brought it up and said, this is a violation of church and state because Texas A&M is a public university, you shouldn't be putting these crosses on the buildings, and the builder took them down, and you know some religious folks kind of complained, but the builder did the right thing and said, you know what, you're right, 
We're not going to waste any legal fees on this. It's a public university. Let's just keep it neutral. Yeah, and also I know the the building company that does that is working Texas A&M is the one that works on UTSA, works up at UT. And Bartlett Cock, they are they're a good group of guys. They really are. Good. You're not going to start talking about Uranus again, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's our little update on the uh, Utah Highway Patrol crosses, um, and we'll add more to that as it comes. Well, thank you very much, Greg. Thank you. But the first official long topic that we're going to talk about today is the effort to try to get um, atheist chaplains established within the, the various branches of the military and kind of the debate and fight over that. So Donna's got plenty to say on this one. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's what what has been happening is... There is an Army captain, um, Ryan Jean. He's an intelligence officer out of Fort Meade, and he has applied not to be a chaplain per se, but as a atheist slash humanist lay leader, which is a slightly different animal, but still falls within the confines of the of the chaplaincy corps. Am I allowed Same to make group. any uh, childish jokes about lay leader? Sure, go right ahead. So he helps other soldiers get laid. <laughs> but up up. Okay. We now return you to our regularly scheduled program. Actually, he's sponsored by the Lake Chip Company. <laughs> so, like I said... Uh, Lays, I know. Captain it's fine. Jean, it's fine. It's okay. Captain Gene has applied to gain recognition as a lay leader, which would assist a chaplain in administering to, specifically, atheist and humanist troops. Um, military is resisting, for obvious reasons... And so no, I wait, well, where, not, what are the obvious reasons? Because <laughs> it's not ob- obvious to us. <laughs> right. A spokesman for Fort Meade said that atheists seeking lay leader status faced a high mountain to climb because their group would have to be considered, quote, a recognized religious organization, something that she implies is impossible. And and yet they uh, atheists are right. of American atheists. It's <laughs> an organization. So I, you know, I was talking to some of my friends who are still in the military as as well as that guy that I live with. You know, and I started asking you. <laughs> well, tell Mike you called him that. <laughs> I call him that all the time, so he knows that. And, you know, I asked You mean him, your fiancé? Yeah. <laughs> you have a word for him now. Just accept it. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah not, not a group of words. An actual word. You can, An actual word. I an know. F word. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so. so I started to talk to them about what... What exactly the chaplaincy does? Because I was, you know, I would say relatively unclear. Sure. Um, Other than proselytizing to the troops. Right. What else do they do? Right. And these are the responses that I got. Prepares and leads religious services. Performs rituals such as weddings and funerals. Advises in matters of morals, ethics, and morals. Which is... Can be a liaison between the military and local religious groups. They have non-combatant status and essentially performs the duties such as a counselor or a social worker. And that's the the section that I really want to concentrate on. So a lot of these chaplains do. They, they are this first line of defense for soldiers who are having, say, problems in their family or problems returning from Iraq or Afghanistan usually the chaplain is the first person that they talk to. Sometimes they just need someone to chat with who's not part of their unit, just kind of to, I need to just 
get something off my chest, right. even if it's not something major. And, and isn't, like, a psychologist, psychiatrist right. person. Right. This The chaplain is not required to report anything to the command structure <laughs> unless it is the soldier is in imminent danger or is could be posing an imminent danger right. Or a violation of uh, the United Uniform Code of Military Justice. Right. So really, kind of a, a you know iffy <laughs> area there. So it's it's neutral territory, right? And they're, like a, they're the Swiss. And <laughs> I actually talked to a friend of mine, chaplain that's for his unit. She's a very nice woman, and she was, I mean, honestly, for a religious person. She was the most laid back religious person I've ever met. She was all like, I think I think you'll find that a lot of like trained religious people are fairly laid back. I, all, a lot of the ones that, that I've met and spoken to are some of the the most down to earth people that that you talk to. It's just the the extremists, right? Because that, that, a that lot you of the, hear about a lot of the people who are doing the day in day out, being the pastor in their local church are really just kind of simple, you know, they realize that their everyday concerns, they're not all about fire and brimstone. They're often about support and just kind of being there. And it doesn't always have to be about God and Jesus, even if they're true believers or if they're closeted atheists. There you go. And what she was saying was, is that um, as a chaplain, what she saw was the need for these atheist lay leaders in order to fully accommodate the rights of all service members. I mean, the, my understanding is, is that there was a lot of people in the atheist or in the chaplaincy who are very supportive of this movement. So it's the Even, brass who have the problem with yes. it. Yeah. And other loudmouths. Right. Because <laughs> what she sees is at her previous duty station, what she saw was there were several because she was at Fort Bragg. And she said she saw a lot of the military brass, the the colonels and above, who were forcing proselytization. And she goes, and it was kind of up to us to say, no, you cannot do that. You cannot threaten this kid with UCMJ because he doesn't want to bow his head in prayer. (laughs) Personally, now, after talking to all of these, because I was on that uh, on that fence of why the hell do we need an atheist chaplain? Right. I am now more for it. And, you know, there are things like the smaller religions, like, say, the Sikhs, may not have as many people in the military to require a full-on chaplain. But if they have some people who are lay leaders who can advise them on Sikh, Sikhal issues. <laughs> issues, uh, no. issues, issues of the Sikh. that Sikhs right. might have, right. yes. they can help out, you know, a, a someone who's a mi- moderately trained chaplain on on issues for that community and things that they would need to deal with. Yeah, and, and 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 that you know, it does not matter that whether or not there's an official Sikh organization or not, if you've got someone from a culture, it would help to have someone who who you can go to and say, "You're who I can ask questions about the Sikhs or the Native Americans, even if it's not about religion or, you know, something like that." Right. You know, you're my Norwegian contact on how to talk to Norwegian soldiers. <laughs> right. And that was the argument that I was going to get to is that a lot of people are arguing that they're that having an atheist or a humanist chaplain is going to dilute the message and the work of the chaplaincy, you know, and 
You know really? what? I'm just calling that bullshit right now. That's like yeah. saying the same thing of, you know, letting two guys get married is going to, you know, dilute somebody else's marriage. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Okay. And then they argue that, well, atheists can't administer to an atheist chaplain couldn't administer to a, say, a Christian. What? Once again, I'm making that argument. There are six now Jewish rabbis for the entire military service. There's a lot more Jewish soldiers and airmen out there who are yeah. in need of it. I am sure that some of their chaplains are Roman Catholic or even possibly Muslim. And those people are getting what they need from why would it be any different for an atheist? My, why couldn't an atheist? Or do maybe they're not. My only connection <laughs> with military chaplains is watching all eleven seasons seasons of Mash, <laughs> and you you saw Father Mulcahy. He was definitely Catholic. Very, he believed in God and the whole thing. But he was occasionally do a Methodist service, or he would do a little. He, I think, he did a bris once. Um, <laughs> but and and there were characters like I'm pretty sure Alan Alda's Hawkeye was a non-believer. Or, you know, and he would just talk and counsel to them. I see that as a good, positive thing to have in the military. I'm a little, I, I wish it didn't have to be all focused on religion, but it can be a positive thing. It, it, so who are the kind of people who are talking out mainly about, against atheist chaplaincy? <sighs> Well, you know, oh, we were open... no. Did I did I accidentally step no. in a can of worms of shit? Oh yes. Okay. There's a um, Rabbi Sh- Shmuley. Shmuley? Is that how you say it? Rabbi Shmuley Boteach. He has basically he's written an article <laughs> for the HuffPost that basically you know what? I'm just gonna link to it because it's so stupid. I, I cannot... What what are his big kind of fallacies that uh, he goes into? Well, I think he's a farmer because he has some wonderful straw men he's created. <laughs> but he doesn't have a problem with crows. And apparently not. <laughs> so he sets up, you know... Well, okay. The report in New York Times, atheists are looking for official recognition as chaplains in the U.S. military in order to cater to the needs of non-believing servicemen is interesting, so he says. On the one hand, it's kind of absurd. Atheist chaplains? It's a contradiction in terms. What are they going to teach? Non-belief? What service will they offer? Non-prayers and sermons on evolution? Blah, 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 blah. Well, congratulations on not doing a Brooklyn Jewish accent on that one. <laughs> I right. thought about it. <laughs> um, and, and let's, first off, let's get this right out right. The chaplaincy core is not without its bad apples. Of course. Okay. Everybody's I mean, the chaplaincy core gave us Gordo Klingenschmidt. I mean, come on. Let's just. Is that go. from Hogan's Heroes or something? No. <laughs> Gordon Klingenschmidt was the guy who claims that he was released from service because he refused to quit saying in Jesus' name when the reality is, is that he disobeyed a direct order by appearing at a rally for Roy Moore of the Alabama Ten Commandments okay. judge guy. Ah. He appeared at a rally for him in uniform repeatedly and was told, <laughs> you can't do this. He still did it. They went, bye, nice knowing you. Right. But he still claims that it was because he... So couldn't. he was expelled. Yes. <laughs> To draw a comparison. So so some of not. this is kind of coming along the lines of the sense amongst the religious of being, oh, we're such a per- persecuted majority 
that they don't want to let in anybody else? Is that where a lot of the arguments are it coming is, from? And the argument is being made that, you know, we can't have an atheist chaplain because it's this huge contradiction in terms. Well, you're an atheist. You have no religion and everything else. For the purposes of the federal government, though, I'm going to quote here from Abington School District versus Shemp. Justice Clark wrote. <laughs> no, no, this Mrs. has nothing to do with the Three Stooges, Gary. Nothing to do with it. Abington Aww. School District versus Shemp, which was basically combined with um, Murray versus Kurtlet. Justice Clark said. So close. We reappertain. We repeat and reaffirm that neither the state nor the federal government can constitutionally force a person to profess a belief or disbelief in any religion. It is often frequently tied to the Civil Rights Act, which basically says you cannot discriminate on the basis of color, creed, or belief. Belief, thank you. Or, in this case, belief or lack of belief. Right. And so this argument where they're basically saying you can't be in here because you don't have a belief is directly affecting the needs of about 10,000 soldiers in the military. Where a, a lot of what a chaplain does, most of what they say the benefits of a chaplain are don't have a lot to do with actually doing religious services. A lot of it has to do with social work, basic issues. social working counseling yes, and just being there as, as, as a contact, as a resource. And that's something that anybody of frankly, any religion should be able to do without getting their own personal views in the way. So it seems like we also heard this weekend, um, this weekend was Skepticon 4. Yep. Sp- speaking of religious uh, persecution. Yeah, and, and speaking and of someone, the civil rights issues. And someone getting letting their personal religious views get in the way. Yes, at Skepticon 4, which was hosted at a theater um, near... Springfield, Sp- Missouri. Near Springfield, Missouri. I think it's Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. There was a uh, an ice cream store next door to the theater that all of a sudden had a sign that basically said, Skepticon people are not welcome here. This is my Christian business. Right. Well, Get- actually it said, Skepticon is not welcome in my Christian business. Yeah. Because he kind of cut off the it end. Was, it he was, was very a, mad when you wrote it. Was it was a handwritten scroll, yeah. but it was basically kind of all in caps lock, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, basically he, he had had a bunch of Skepticon customers, and he actually kind of sponsored the event as he put an ad in their thing for a 10% coupon, that sort of thing. Yeah. So he knew about the event ahead of time, but um, having seen some of these very friendly people, he walked over to the event and then saw um, about five minutes, and that's pretty much all he probably needed, of Sam Singleton, atheist evangelist, (laughs) where uh, I saw him at the Texas Freethought Convention in 2010. Basically, he does an hour-long show of pretending to be a preacher, but talking about atheism and how, you know, the, the stupid things that people did when he was growing up um, being, you know, told to be religious and all that. And uh, the audience is encouraged, you know, in normally in a religious service, they're, re- they're encouraged to go, Amen! Amen! <laughs> right. But what uh, the audience in Sam Singleton's um, p- performances are encouraged, encouraged to do is go, God damn! <laughs> right. So... Basically, he saw a few minutes of his basically God-bashing show, which is kind of funny in and of itself, but also the goddams and all that, and 
This guy flipped a lid. Flipped a lid. Yeah, he ran back to his store. He was offended. Grabbed the first piece of paper and pen he could find and scratched out the message that we talked about. That's his own words, by the way. Yeah. Right, and apparently he had it up for about 10 minutes. It It was a short amount of time, but... It was enough, yeah. enough time for a watchful person from Skepticon to, to snap pl- a picture. Snip, yeah, snap a picture of it. And it basically made the free thought, not just free thought blogs, but the free thought community of blogs kind of blow up a little. Kind of the, the yeah. first big things, I think, since Elevator Gate. So that's right. why it's being called Gelato Gate. So uh, this guy had this, um, the sign up in his window for a short time and, A lot of people had a problem with it, and it's, uh, like you said, a civil rights problem. Right, when you say, I'm not going to serve you because you're an atheist. Right. If he had put up a sign saying, I'm not going to serve you because you're black, everybody would have burned his his (laughs) business down. And that's the thing, is he has since apologized a couple of times. Yeah, he first kind of put up a very... PR. Well, it was an apology. It was more than the I was. It was a apology you were offended, tweet. It wasn't even 140 characters. Okay. The, the, there was a longish apology where he kind of. It was more than just the I'm. I'm sorry you got offended right. by what I said. He, he kind of apologized, but it was very PR, very wishy washy. Yeah. He has since, in the last day or so, actually come out with a better apology, saying, you know, I was bothered this. Because I was offended for my beliefs, but I realized I was wrong. I've taken down the, took it down as soon as I could, and I'm and sincerely I'm, apologizing. I'm willing to give people ten percent off yeah, for right. the next week. Well, yeah, that's kind of a a, 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 <laughs> so, a small little gesture, but I I think that it's the best apology that we would expect in these circumstances, and a much better apology than anybody gets in a lot of different situations. True, but now we have the two sides. We've got the uh, uh, WWJTD, what we, uh, JT from Free Thought blog and uh, Ferengula on the absolutely not, we, we do not support his apology. It is not accepted because he hasn't actually said that he understands precisely why people were offended by his sign and why it's wrong. He hasn't. He hasn't. Well, he, main... he did say I was wrong in one uh, of his in his second apology. But he, but he, didn't, he didn't. He didn't. He hasn't shown that he understands why what he put up is a bigoted sign. Yes. And why I, it is, I can I can right? understand that. It, and then, it and then comes we have across... the other ones, which I am one of them. Which is like, okay, he has apologized. He has backed off. And granted, uh, the first one may have been about his pocket. At at some point, it just becomes you know you're just leaning on the guy. Right. It's kind of like burning in hell. You know, at what point do you say, okay, you've learned your lesson? Right. That's that's why I personally kind of take the uh, the second apology, which is a much better apology. And if if you, a lot of the stuff is either up on uh, what would JT do yeah, or Frankla, um friendly atheist Hemet Meta's blog, go you can go uh, read the text there. Jen McCrite. Right. She's got so a the good text one up. is all up anywhere else, but. The second apology seemed a lot more sincere of, yes, I did something wrong, and now what I think needs to happen, and I, I hope it can, is more of a dialogue of, all right, now do you, under, do you understand why this hurt so much, why this was legally wrong, why, you know... Well, I think he understands it's uh, legally yeah. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and that's... I Okay, call me the cynic. 
I think that he's doing this more to cover his ass. Well, sure. But, Definitely you know, the first one. It was the like, first cover one was, my a, ass. was, yeah. was a cover my ass. And this one, you know, I, there's a, there's a small part of me that sides with Ferengula and JT that says, you didn't really get it. And that, you know, yes. That, and that's, that's where the, the problem kind of lies is, because I I see both sides. I I agree right. that, I that he 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 hasn't really backtracked from his feelings against atheists. Um, in and I think it was uh, JT's blog where he said, "Okay, what if I went to a Christian service and they said that non-believers are going to burn in hell, and I got offended and I said no Christians." Right. I mean, it's no, and I it's the same I'm, thing. I'm 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 very on the fence with this. You know, I don't think that he's done enough. I don't think that he understands enough. But at the same time, at what point do we turn around and go, you know what? Enough is enough. Well, I understand. But uh, at the same time, I'm not going to go to his business. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. same here. I I think that it's a good step that he's kind of 80% of the way there. He has made a sincere apology. Yeah. And and now it comes to the point where you kind of got to remember the Phil Plate adage of when does – pushing on him like you said become being a dick about it right when does it become okay we have pushed him into a full-on apology right publicly and you know he has gotten a lot of bad press for this now the now the strategy as a movement is to basically say it's a now it's a teaching moment let's sit down and talk Maybe invite the guy to next year's Skepticon to talk about these kind of things. Invite him to come see uh, Hemet Metatalk, who's a friendly atheist, who's, <laughs> you know, he's 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 not apologetic, apologetic about religion, but he's not an asshole about it. His apology would have carried a lot more weight if he had turned around and said, you know what? Yeah, I was a dick. I'm sorry. Here's $100 to a food bank. In your guys' name. You know, it, if he had gone, uh, because yeah. his quote, right. you know, his... You come in, give me money, I'll give you 10% off. Right. <laughs> the 10% off, now, with Skepticon being gone, how many people are actually going to take yeah. advantage of that? Right. Well, uh, yeah. do the, the yeah. skeptics that are that, That's why I say he's kind of 80% of the way there. He's not yeah. getting it you entirely... Know, if he had done something that, you know, would have shown at least, I, I, right, I don't but want to say. What I'm saying more. is ripping him to shreds now doesn't serve a lot of purpose. No, and it I doesn't get us any further. Well, I mean, a bigger example is I don't eat at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You know. I can't I'm, eat at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> too many nuts. Yeah, they use peanut oil. Okay. Yeah, but you can't blame the people for that. And, you know, I've, I've heard things <laughs> like Red Lobster is very anti-gay, and right. Domino's Pizza has a lot of conservative stuff. So, my, I mean, my, Whataburger. The, 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 hard, the hard part I have is Whataburger, because that's the, the quickest like, thing I can get to. <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I have to eat, and I'm in a rush, that's the first thing. Yeah, because they're everywhere. <laughs> well, I've got two that are within, you know, two miles of me. Right. And there's a Wendy's, but they're so slow, it, it's rather disappointing. And now that the commercial portion of her... And if they sent me I'm gift certificates, so I'd be more than happy please to... Please Carl's Jr. <laughs> there, there's a certain amount of effort that you can put into avoiding businesses that disagree with your, yeah, your you philosophy. Can, and can, a lot of that is talked about 
now that we're coming up on Thanksgiving and Black Friday and E-Monday, is it? Or something like that. Right. Um, that a lot of people are saying, especially with the whole Occupy... Occupy? Octopi movement. <laughs> Octopi movement. Damn that pergula. <laughs> <laughs> with the Occupy movement, uh, are saying that you really should support local businesses. So right. instead of going to the Chick-fil-A, the Whataburger... Or the, the Amazon.com. Jack-a-box or Amazon.com okay, or whatever. I hate to say this. I love Amazon. Tr- well, yeah, but... To try to go to a local business... Right. And if you can't, at least try to go to a business that you agree with, maybe. the And it's really tough because you have to weigh your options because some business businesses are very good secular-wise but are horribly inventor- environmentally-wise. Right. <laughs> like yeah. they're big drilling companies, but they're completely and utterly secular and they give um, people same-sex benefits. Oh, you know what? I just like go that. and look and see who um, Focus on the Family is currently boycotting, right. and I go and patronize right. them. But, but, but that's, that's I figure one, out that's the easiest way to, to but handle that's my one needs. thing to focus on, because if you're, your main thing is, say, environmentalism, that might not be a good list to look at. Yeah. So you've really got to just balance it and live as best you can in the world that we have. Right. But it, the, the one thing about doing that is it's, it's a cost issue, right? Because yeah. generally the smaller places are going to be slightly more expensive than the the larger right. chains, right? So there's there's always that that uh, that cost issue that people uh, like me at the moment run into, you know. And right. then you've also got businesses like Target that play the middle and will donate to both sides, right? <laughs> or AT and T. Yeah, but there there are things you can do like if you're very anti huge humongous business that's anti worker. You don't go to Walmart, but you do go to Target, right? Or you, you... unless you're gay, <laughs> because Target has been known to support anti-gay Republican Candidates. campaigns. Okay, well, that's uh, my main point was okay. Maybe you don't go to the Uber Big Bank like the Citibank, but you go to the statewide bank like. Broadway or something. I don't know if that's statewide or something like no, that. I or, think it is. Or local. something that's just citywide, where it's not a mom-and-pop bank where the money is under a mattress some, somewhere, but they're not the huge corporations. So you, right. you, can't, you can't completely ignore all corporations. You can't completely ignore all religiously owned businesses. But you can try to find a middle ground of people who aren't outwardly... <laughs> Uh, you know, like, you know, you drive by the Whataburger and it has in God we trust on this big poster right. in the window. One it's like, nation under God. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'll go have some Subway. Yeah, right. they're a big corporation thing, but they're not outwardly trying to support that. So moderation and everything. Yeah. Hmm. I want some ice cream. And we're coming up on Thanksgiving, so moderation <laughs> is nothing. Ben and Jerry's. Oh, okay. Are we really that much whores that we're trying to get all these food sponsors? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Greg. Greg, tell us about... Greg, um, now we know how how much you are into the drug culture these days. You know, you've been I've been seeing you not do caffeine, not I do... do... I drink caffeine. Oh, you drink caffeine? Yeah. It's oh, just not caffeine. alcohol. It's mostly not, in soda form. Not but... not alcohol, and I've seen you not do drugs. And not smoke. And not smoke. Unless he's on fire. So apparently, ah, according to 
this study that appears in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health, apparently that means I'm a complete moron. Yeah. At least if you follow the correlations. <laughs> okay, this is where you disagree with me. Oh, that can't possibly, possibly be, be true. true. Why, no. You're not a complete moron. You're just... Never mind. <laughs> Okay, no, wait. Why, why would you say such a thing? Brian? All right. So they, um, they used data, this, this study used data from a 1970 British cohort study where they basically took a whole bunch of kids. Five. And did not put them in a meat grinder. <laughs> they, or, they, or, well, that's or, where or you they, go. <laughs> some th- they, they took several thousand kids and, ba- and over their childhood gave them IQ tests. So at t- at five years old, at s- 10 years old, at 16 years old, they gave them basic IQ tests and kind of tracked them as they aged. So when as many participants as they could continue to track, when they turned 30, they asked all these participants whether they had used drugs like marijuana, cocaine, or heroin in the last year. So between when they were 29 and 30, had they used drugs at least once. Uh, of all the people that were uh, 107 the IQ up to, what, 152 or 154? Right. It was 158. No, no they asked everybody. Oh, yeah. It was oh. as a high oh, IQ gotcha, was defined gotcha. as. Okay. Right. So they asked all these kids, and then they separated the group into two. There was the high IQ, which, as you said, was 107 to 158, average, of course, being 100. And I no, guess they compared be. them to the below average well, kids. No, an average IQ is 100. Not the average of that particular group. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a cold. <laughs> All right. So, to recap, <laughs> they had this 1970s cohort study where they had they tracked the kids' IQs, and the kids that rated as 107 to 158, they they set those aside as being. Intelli- high. high IQ, high IQ, intelligent people, right. and then the other people would be l- average, to average Joe, or Bob low or dumbass. Yeah. Oh. And what they found <laughs> is that men with high child IQs correlated two to three times more likely to have used illegal drugs between when they were twenty nine and thirty right. in the past year. At least once in the past year. At least once in the past year when they were 30. Not when they were 5 and 10 and 16, but when they were 30. (laughs) And girls were up to three times more likely. Exactly. Then people who, I guess, it didn't say whether they compared them to the average or compared them to low IQ people, but the high IQ people were more likely to have tried drugs. Right. Now, unfortunately, they didn't say how often they use drugs or why or any kind of supporting evidence to find out what this correlation was all about. And of course there'll be more studies, right. but essentially that kind of makes, you know, the, the quick assumption that some headline writer would write is basically, you know, people who are smarter use drugs more. So that then hence comes the joke of, well, Greg doesn't do drugs or drink alcohol because <laughs> there are other studies in the past that have showed people with high IQs drink to excess more in alcohol while right. being, you know, good with diets and exercise and stuff like that. So I am completely wrong on all of that. You're off the charts. I don't do drugs. I don't drink, but I also don't eat healthily. And I don't <laughs> exercise very well. So 
according to these kind of studies, that means I must be below average IQ. Working working your way backwards. Yes. Into the IQ yeah. portion. So, what what uh, IQ would you say that puts you? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, I I've never had an IQ test. Okay. So, you would... really you've, you've never taken one online. I have. No. I've I've. I, I did one where I just answered all the questions blindly. I got a 75. <laughs> okay. All right. And then I did one where I actually tried, and then I got like uh, 170. So I, you can't trust them. What was that? Point. Louder. Come on. 170. 170. Okay. Yeah. Why are you so bashful about that? Because yeah. it doesn't mean He doesn't mean want to appear like he's bragging. <laughs> yeah, because uh, based on this entire podcast, we know that can't possibly be true. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're intelligent, you just can't talk good. <clears throat> Yar. <laughs> the interesting thing about this, I thought, was some of the the remarks on on the comment boards. Or the, the comments so, on... So not the comments of the writers who thought maybe why this might be, but the people commenting on the stories right. online? Okay, Thank you very much. <laughs> I just wanted Let to make me be clear on that. I wanted to make sure I understood. <laughs> All right. So the comments to the stories, uh, particularly, I think I think the one on CNN. Yeah. Uh, which which CNN has a, a distinctly uh, lower class. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it, it's, CNN is kind of the Hufflepuff of the twenty <laughs> four hour news channels. This is true. I'm looking at the the CNN ones right now, and, you know, there's a phrase that keeps going through my head, and it's mouth breathers. <laughs> wow. I thought it was going to maybe bless their pointy little heads. No. Aww. So, I mean, the study writers thought that maybe people of high intelligence were more open to new experiences or more, uh, for some reason they said they might be more sensation-seeking. I, maybe because they're high IQs, they want to find out more or something like that. Or right. they also kind of went the other way in saying, well, if you've got high IQ, maybe you're just you're, – you're tired of being bored all the time and, and dealing with a low <laughs> IQ society. So you're taking drugs to it, cope it, with it. it. Right, because they can't possibly, I don't know, do something interesting. Right. Like you know, so, read or watch TV. But apparently these commenters online – said a lot of different stuff right um well let's before we get to that i, I want to uh, approach the what you just said about the high iq trying to uh, relieve themselves of their intelligence right. effectively what to dumb trying. themselves down yeah that and what, what they didn't say is okay uh people with high iqs may actually have other problems just because they're smart right. doesn't mean, mean that, that you they're... don't have all these other other problems, like like uh, idiot savants, or I guess I'm not called idiot savants anymore. Savants, They're just savants. Yeah. or right. could just be coping with being bullied all the times because they were perceived as being different. Right, and 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 they do. Th I mean, if you're, I mean, intelligent people do think a lot differently, and not the same as other intelligent people. Right. Right. They, they, there's different thought processes that go on. Um, I think. <laughs> 170, huh, Gary? Yeah. Well, like, you know, um, it, it, down to 75. <laughs> there are times when I'm perfectly happy having a beer, staring at the wall. Well, it's still yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, 175 plus 75 if we average them out. Yeah, it's about 120, 25. There we go. Sure. That's, you're mildly intelligent. <laughs> mildly autistic. Um, <laughs> 
We're going to get letters on that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut this one together real nice. Um, but but there's any kinds of reason why why uh, an intelligent person may want to uh, do drugs. One, um, they they may think they they may understand that all of the things against doing drugs, all the jo- just say no stuff, all the just yeah. say no, all the laws, they don't really apply because they. They may do some research and realize, oh, well, marijuana isn't all that bad. Or, you know, cocaine, I want to give it a shot. You know, it's it's the the likelihood of me getting caught in the first place is probably very low, right? Right, but it wasn't just the soft drugs like heroin. No, I know, like, I know. They, they, it they included were doing things more like more. heroin and, and yeah, no, PCP that, and really stuff explain. like that. I mean, except, except for the experience. Because it, I, I would imagine that doing stuff like that would be a very interesting experience. True, but there is a difference between. I mean, the the thing that sticks in my mind about saying that, like, well, they want to just experience to see what it's like, or right. something like that. When you're 29 to 30, that's probably not the first time you're going to try drugs. You probably would have already know. tried it in high school and or college. You, right, you might have tried you know, it in college. By the time I was 30, I was not going to even start. Right. So, you know, because I had never even, you know, I'm curious. I would like to know what it feels like, but I don't want to do the drugs. Right. So I understand the sensation seeking, like the curiosity aspect of it. But the calculus never made sense in my head of try this mind altering, altering substances uh, that would, you know, fuck with your well, brain and your consciousness. Okay. Well, there's, there's a couple Plus of some kind of lawful good. So I'm kind of right. not very big on the breaking the rules thing. This is all just speculation, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We're, okay. yeah. That's so, our, that's in our entire podcast. Just oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, we're speculating just throwing about bullshit out there and see what sticks. Polish a turd. Polish a turd. I can. I, you can polish a turd, especially if you go. Okay, I can see trying stuff in college. In fact, I knew a lot of, when I was in music school, especially kids well, trying yeah, all kinds school. of stuff. Right? Okay. Anthropology. Uh, art. Okay. Well, yeah, you're just, but, but you have to get you're, you're, with the, with the native thing, right? You're just yeah. all doing peyote, right? Uh, but yeah, so you know, I, I had a uh, a roommate that basically tried everything, everything. as far as I know, um, a lot. Uh, but I, I can see people getting into the twenty nineties and thirties, maybe being in a bad position in their life and trying to find a way to. Handle it. Yeah. Deal with it. Because, okay. Having kind of of a mini midlife crisis. Yeah. Yeah. Or the beginnings of one. And so instead of like owning up to it and trying to work through it, they they start finding ways. So there's a lot of uh, life changing things. They just left grad school if they're of high IQ, maybe. Right. And and it also depends on when they did this test because economy has been bad for the last couple of years. So there's lots of changes going on. So it really depends on where they are in that life. So without taking into account a lot of... Or they did, Well, I they? can answer that. Some it's a 1970 much. cohort story. No, no, no. But s- study. So if, my they, age, if they tested people when they were 30, it was probably somewhere between 2000, 2005 that they studied these people. And then the economy was not horrible. Oh, uh, that's true. In which case, they're celebrating a lot. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, there's still my point that it's not like these people are trying it for the first time. You make a very good point with that. Uh, by that point, it's a, maybe it's an occasional thing they do where they can still handle their high, which is why I never started. 
or it's something where it's a regular habit of theirs that they need to lean on all the time. It's not, you know, you don't wake up at 29 having never drank alcohol, never done drugs, saying, you know what I'll do today? I think I'll try some heroin. Yeah, that's, that is a good so point. So that's about why I drugs. think yeah. it, it must be something regular in these people's lives. Okay. That a lot of these, these other confounding factors of there's stress of being, the idea that there's some stress about being more intelligent or the trying to turn off your brain factor of, you know, I just had a long, hard day of being so smart. Now I'm going to smoke some marijuana to turn things off for a while. Or I just want to be creative or whatever. Or maybe they were just more honest. That's a very good point. That may, you, you get people who are more intelligent are not frightened of saying, yeah, I've done drugs, where people who are low intelligence are just f afraid of authority to say, no, 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 I, n I never did drugs. No, 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 not me. Don't look no. at me, copper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it, it also also may just show how endemic uh, drugs are to our culture. Uh, basically, under since, since uh, they're illegal, there's really no records kept of what who's doing what and how right. much is actually being sold. So... Even, the, no even the smart people are doing it. It's everywhere. Right. Well, I mean, mm. if, if you look at all of the, the – okay, the, let's just take popular culture. The 80s, with all the Wall Street films. Like they're, it's all about everybody's cocaine. Everybody's doing yeah, cocaine. Everyone's doing cocaine. But, you know, it's, it's, it's always that – and, of course, they think that they're the most intelligent people on the, on the planet, right? Because that's why they're in business and they're doing well. So you can see that there's this underlying culture of – of shit that we'd have no idea because nothing's tracked and all we have is self-reporting. Right. So you you don't know uh, unless unless you did drug tests on all of these people. So you have to do drug tests on everybody from the lowest IQ up to the highest IQ to see okay he says he's doing marijuana or he says he's not doing marijuana. Yeah. Right? More likely you're not going to say you're doing an illegal drug right. if you're. Not possibly not, or you know, maybe they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm I, cool. Everybody, yeah, because you know, smart people understand they're being asked questions, and they may want to ask you the results. But <laughs> these are British people, so they're very stiff upper lip. And, oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't buy that for a moment. Okay, mm, so I. let's go on, however, to the comments. So CNN. Now this isn't. This is the blogs.cnn. So it's not like the the main page because the main page really has. The dregs of society come out, and <laughs> I, I'm sorry, it, it, the trolls. It, yeah, yeah, they're they're really full of them. And this one, uh, I I guess my issue with the comments on this, everybody is self evaluating themselves at 140 plus. Yeah, IQ. the very first one. <laughs> I have an IQ of 140. Like everyone's valedictorian or, or salutatorian. I mean, some people are <laughs> honest; they're not valedictorian. Like everybody's got a high IQ in this. No one admits. And that, they're precise about it. It's 143. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that was my test. So that's one annoying thing. And everybody that says they have a high IQ says that they at least smoke pot because they can't turn their brain off at night. Now, I understand not being able to turn your brain off at night. My right. brain is extremely hard to stop when I'm working on something. Yeah, same right. here. Same I will, here. I have, I have woken Michael up going, I got an idea. Where's the <laughs> and he's all like, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And I'm all like, but, but, and he's all like, 
You'll have it in the morning still. No, you won't. <laughs> you <laughs> That's have a pad the problem. Of, you have a pad of paper by the side right. of the bed so you can write it down and go the fuck back to sleep. Right. So that's what is very annoying is all these people all of them saying they're exceedingly smart and then all of them bashing the other people for being exceedingly smart basically oh yeah right whatever uh even the smart people with the really bad spelling i, I enjoyed those too <laughs> and and then so no one's really addressing the the points that okay why this might be so they're all just basically basically saying everybody that's on cnn blogs uh, on this is smoking pot <laughs> right. or doing more to shut their brain down, and they, you know, and I just I don't. Buy I think it. that's I, I think that's it. just an excuse. So, um, where was I going with that? Oh, curse the luck! Basically, it's annoying. Uh, and it, it, the thing about IQ though is, what does it really mean, right? Because it's supposed to be problem solving ability. Right. From what I understand. But, like, the, the, the tests I took online, uh, okay, it's an online test, but, you know, it was a fairly thorough test. I've taken them before. It's about the same thing, but having a lot of knowledge that I've gained um, skews the test a lot. Yeah, it's because, true. Because, one, I know what they're looking for. Two, uh, being a guy who likes puzzles, I've seen a lot of <laughs> those questions, so I, you know, I know the answer. Yeah, and most true IQ tests actually don't have words. It's all pattern recognition and spatial right. reasoning. Uh, if, if you want a really tough one, uh, uh, IQ test, look for the book Alien IQ Test. Very out-of-the-box, problem-solving thinking. Okay. And I suck at it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the one you got the 75 on? No. <laughs> it just takes a while. So I, what this really comes back to is... There, there seems to be some kind of correlation between high IQ and drug use, but and reported drug use, reported drug use. <laughs> yeah, it's there. All these pro, every single study we talk about every week has some little problem. At least right. this study had a lot of people in it. It seemed to try to control for socio socioeconomic factors and stuff like that. Right. Um, but it's still kind of. It's a basic correlation. We don't know why. We don't know how much drug use, how regular it is. There, more research is definitely needed. Uh, right. But there is, you know, it is pretty plain from this um, that drug use is not lower in high IQ people than the oh, average right. population at right. least. So, I, I, um, right. There's I, a, I, you know what? And I would say it's the same. Yeah, I, I just I I have this feeling that it's it's the same regardless. Just because people liked, I mean, people drink because they like to drink. Yeah. You know, well, and, there and, is this big bump of two times two times as likely as men and three times as likely as women to self-report. But there's got to be something there, right? Uh, well, okay, but but the other thing is. If if you know that's one what, hell of if, a if, standard if, deviation. If, yeah, but but if you know that the test you're taking, the questions you're being asked, if you understand that what they're being used for, like they're not at your work, right? Okay, so, so if, if someone can, who's answering this questionnaire for the cohort store study right. knows that oh, they're just generally asking about drug use to understand it. It's all anonymous. Right. I'm not worried. Now, but the low IQ people is frightened to death that the boss right, is going to find out. Right, because who gets who gets the drug tests most? The low, the, the, yeah. the, pe the people who are who are not in the management and it's the, 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 the janitors. Yeah, 
Yeah. Right. In the, yeah, because I can tell the you my office. on the assembly lines. Right. There's abs. <laughs> so so they're, they're going to be far more frightened of saying yes just in case that this gets out or someone overhears it or whatever. Right. Or, or oh, you, you, you were in the cohort? Uh, study. Oh, I just read about that. Yeah, right. look at all these. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, not not to say you're stupid. <laughs> well, it was pee into the cup. It, it was data. <laughs> it was data from a cohort study, so I'm sure they tracked a whole lot of different factors. Because yeah. you're tracking tens of thousands of people over years and years and years. You're going to ask every question you can think of. Yeah. And kind of spend half an hour with each person saying, answer all these questions so I can find out, you know, what's your love of Brussels sprouts, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. But I think one of the biggest takeaways from the study is that, you know, kids who are intelligent are still going to use drugs. Yes. Uh, okay. One of the, the quotes I liked was um, from Bruce Goldman, director of substance abuse at Zucker Hillside Hospital of North Shore Health System, Glen Oaks, New York. <laughs> That's all. I, I just kept reading Please. and I didn't know where to stop. Anyway, he said, don't <clears throat> puberty spray. <laughs> don't! Just don't! Damn you, kids! I shake my fist at you! Now get off my lawn! Puberty strikes again. Okay. Harumph. He said, don't be lulled by your kids' good academic performance to think that they are not experimenting with drugs. It's commonplace with peers, and it is naive to think that because you have a good, smart kid, that they will not be curious. These kids may be more prone to want to find things out for themselves. So, you know, you know, I was an intelligent kid, I was, and, and I was a good kid about drugs because I could go to Grateful Dead shows and take a final at high school the next day and pass with an A. Because I wasn't doing drugs, and I knew that I could go to the show and still be okay the next day. And it was a high school test. I mean, yeah. those are freaking easy. But <laughs> anyway, you know, you as as a parent of a smart kid, you still have to talk to your kids about drugs. You still have to talk to your kids about safer sex. You still have to talk to your kids about not putting forks in outlets. <laughs> <laughs> right, because... They're more likely to do that. Because yeah. <laughs> they're sensation-seeking. <laughs> well, well, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. There was also in the CNN's article, I was just reviewing it, and said the study also asked about drug use and looked at education and other socioeconomic factors. I would like to see how all of these questions were worded mm-hmm. and what some of those other outlying factors that they examined you know, kind of sucks that none of us have have access to any of these studies hardly. Not anymore. I don't... Well, are you gonna pay for PubMed? <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> so, kids, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, even if you're smart. So, learn about it. You know, everything in moderation. Be good. We know. Kid. We know the alcohol stops yeah. the voices. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. So uh, we're we're recording on a Tuesday this week as opposed to our normal Wednesday because this week is Thanksgiving. Yay! Yay! Yes, let's celebrate the decimation of massive amounts of Native Americans. So, <laughs> or just thank evolution for making a l- lovely common cold virus, fat turkey bird. With a small head. So SNBC. Sometimes during the podcast, we'll do a post corner segment where we kind of 
try to figure out the difference between try to test each other on if can you tell the difference between a satire of a news story and actual news items well it's going to be a little different this week it's going to be kind of a pure pseudoscience or is it nonfiction segment um, we call it pseudoscience versus nonfiction, so we don't get sued by certain other very famous skeptical podcast for using their segment. Truth or fiction? <coughs> <laughs> you bastard. I'll just bleep those parts out. Yes. So, I'm going to read three items about Thanksgiving, and I want you guys to tell me which is the true one. There are two true ones and one false one. So, number one... In 1863, President Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday. Item number two. In 1939, President Franklin D. Roosevelt moved the holiday to the third Thursday of November instead of fourth Thursday of November. In 1947, President Harry Truman began the practice of pardoning a live turkey before Thanksgiving. So... Two of those are correct, and one of them is completely false. I'm going to go with the last two are correct. So you're going to say Abraham Lincoln did not make a national holiday back in 1863. Yes, that is going to be my, that is negative. Negative ghost (laughs) trick. That's a good question. I'm going to... While Gary's thinking, a lot of these kind of items will come up year after year of, you know, people just hear these um, these rumors going around on Facebook of news items or, you know, something like that. If I do this one, keep talking. Bad, bad information gets passed around and around and around again. Maybe it started in a bad book years and years and years ago, but more likely it just gets passed around as these stupid Facebook forwards or years ago it was email forwards or something like that. So maybe by now (laughs) Gary has figured it out and can to explain his reasoning to us. Well, first of all, we all know that Abraham Lincoln was born in a log cabin that he built with his own hands. True. And he also had some quotes about you can't believe everything you hear on the Internet. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to say that his is, is incorrect. I don't think that Thanksgiving has been around all that long. As an official holiday. Okay. So you both agree that, number one, Abraham Lincoln did not declare Thanksgiving. That's the fiction. Yes. All right. So I'm going to start at the end. <laughs> uh, in uh, So the, the, the third one was in 1947, President Harry Truman began the practice of livening, uh, pardoning a live turkey before Thanksgiving. That is fiction. Damn. Now, since <laughs> since 1947, the National Turkey Federation has given a turkey or two to the president, but more likely he has eaten it. In 1989, I think it was, yeah, 1989, George H.W. Bush was the first president to pardon a turkey, officially. Oh. So it's it's only a very recent phenomenon. I first heard about it by watching The West Wing. I was about to say, because <laughs> that's was, like a great episode. Yeah, I thought it was an old thing, but apparently it was just very recently. Huh. So that means that in 1939, Franklin Roosevelt moved it's the holiday. Sa- it does sound like something that George Bush would do. What what, what can I do for my presidency? <laughs> it's, no, no. What was his dad? It, senior. Oh. Okay. What can I do to help my presidency? <laughs> 
<laughs> Same thing. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Going to going to take this turkey. Let it free. <laughs> so in 1939. With a million points a lot. <laughs> Franklin Roosevelt did move the holiday to the third thanks, uh, third Thursday in that one November. I actually knew. Basically, what? to to give oh, okay. That Sorry, one we're I working knew. backwards. My to bad. To give store owners a leg up <laughs> on the Christmas shopping because it was during the depression. But there were enough people who oh. complained about it then that a couple years later in 1941, Congress officially made it the the fourth Thursday in November. And in oh. 1863. Um, President Lincoln did make a, um, you know, Thanksgiving national holiday. Um, you know, basically it was kind of a, a presidential proclamation. <laughs> presidential proclamation. Presidential proclamation. I'll do that now. Presidential <laughs> proclamation. That's going to be our new song, isn't it? <laughs> it was in the middle of the Civil War and wanted to enumerate the blessings of the American people, blah, 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 blah. So, that is our pseudoscience versus nonfiction segment for this week. Excellent. Yay! Excellent. Yay, very good. And hopefully everybody has a good, happy, healthy Thanksgiving with food and friends and family and no heart attacks. Or other miseries of any sort. Yes. Well, then you don't want, to, if, ha- then you don't... You don't want to spend Thanksgiving with your family. <laughs> right. Uh, well, maybe not necessarily. Some people get along with it. I know I do when they're not jerks I'm to me. I'm making a joke, you dumbass. <laughs> I, I get along with my family as long as there's, well... Far, far away? <laughs> no, as long as there's copious amounts of alcohol involved. Damn, I'm just proving that study true. <laughs> That's true. Well, that means we're coming towards the end of the show. We have just enough time for... A lightning round! Lightning round! Lightning round! Lightning round. Lightning yes. round. Well, Donna's going to tell us about um, a <laughs> celebrity who could maybe use a little medication. Yeah, uh, Brett Butler. She was a she was the star of a mid nineteen nineties TV show called Grace Under Fire, produced by Chuck Lorre, the same guy who does Big Bang Theory, Two and a Half Men. He also did Darman Greg. Well, apparently, she's been hit by the crazy truck. That's really the only way that I can put it. She has read a book and is now psychic. (laughs) (laughs) If only it were that easy. But anybody can be psychic. Yes. According to her, anybody can be psychic as long as you read the book. And apparently this is in some sort of response somehow. I'm not really sure using her logic with being homeless and all of that. Well, she she had a pretty bad drug problem, so she's highly intelligent. Yeah, so really, apparently, all you have to do to become psychic is read a book, and, you know, pretty much And then practice, 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 practice. It's quite nice. Yeah, I will post the video. I just, yeah. I I love the video is the interviewer, her face gets more and more, uh, really? (laughs) Fixed smile. Yeah, Yeah, it's Nancy O'Dell who does the interview, and she's... You know, an award, well, an award-winning entertainment journalist. It's kind of a contradiction in terms there, but uh, <laughs> well, obviously she can keep a straight face. Right, uh, and so the you just going. go in, and I'm just like, I, I would have gone. We're done. I'm out of here. I can't handle the crazy. Bye. <laughs> and pretty much that's how I'm ending this round. Yay! Congratulations, Donna. 
All right, I'm going to talk next about a new acupuncture story. Uh, Sunita Vohora of the University of Alberta in Edmonton uh, did a essentially a meta-study, reviewed 37 studies, uh, some were randomized control studies, some of them were just case series and case reports, all on acupuncture and focused on pediatric acupuncture. And, of course, the headlines on this are acupuncture safe for kids, where, <laughs> where they reviewed um, all the patients and whether or not they had any adverse effects. And the headline says safe for kids. Hold on. I forgot the time. That's myself. okay. okay. Um, <laughs> and but they say in here that there was an incident rate of at least mild uh, adverse effects of 12 percent. That's not safe. That has adverse effects. And to finish my time, I'm just going to read out some of the adverse <laughs> effects that they were talking about. Pain, bruising, bleeding, worsening of symptoms that they came in with, thumb deformity, serious infections, including one case of HIV, septic saccharolosis, septic arthritis, pyogenic sibondiitis. Um, wait, this is stuff that cures? No, people, things that these kids have come down to after having acupuncture, including oh. subparasodal abscesses and osteomyelitis, um, what? Cardiac, cardiac rupture. <laughs> they stabbed the kid in the heart with an acupuncture needle. And they said, oh, it's all about inadequate sterilization. So it's safe. It, just when it's not safe, which is like yeah. a lot of the time. A yeah. lot of a lot of this talk was just about. <laughs> well, it's safe as long as it's by you know a trained professional, whatever the hell that means when it comes to acupuncture. Who the fuck were those trained professionals? Yeah, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> anyway, so Gary's gonna change us around with a happy story about global warming. Yay! I'm I am excited about this. Really, um, mainly because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> so we, if we all recall, uh, a little while ago, there were some ago. hacked, hacked emails, um, that were released and then they were quote mined and taken out of context and saying that, oh, all of these scientists, these climate scientists are, are lying about global warming. They're, and they're fixing just having the data. They're yeah. massaging the numbers or whatever yeah. terms they were using. And so global warming isn't real. And, of course, all of that has been thoroughly shown to be uh, BS that climate right. change is happening, and they are, in fact, accurate. When when the when they when statisticians talk about statistical tricks, they're not trying to fool you, but it's, 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 a, tr it's a shorthand for trick. methods. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Method. You're absolutely right. So... It's happened again. Uh, funnily, funnily enough, right before another big climate conference. But the great thing about this is the people involved uh, and a lot of the scientists and and I think even the media are just going, really? What what what's the big deal? You, these these are old emails, and now you're putting out like what the fourth string. <laughs> Some of it was just from the same batch of emails. So, and it's the dregs of the barrel. So these, these guys, they don't know who they are, but they're going to find out. And it's just, they're making themselves look really, really stupid. And that's a good thing. Global warming's real. There, there has been, the good news from that is there has been some talk about an actual, I don't know if it's a congressional investigation, but a full-on investigation about who's been yeah. doing this hacking. So we may, maybe might get to know who's behind this kind that's of stuff. That's a good thing. 
I, I, I'm not going to accuse the Koch brothers or the Koch brothers, whatever the hell they're called, or Murdoch about it. Or, <laughs> but it might be someone like that. No. But so we have some local Texas kind of anthropology news. Yeah. Um. In 1944, uh, Red River was dammed to form Lakes Texoma, and. <laughs> What the hell are you oh, doing? I was, I was just saying, in 1944, our forefathers... Sorry. Right, no. Uh, oh, Red beautiful. River was, was dammed to form Lake Texoma, and basically they flooded out part of this small valley. Well, what's happened is with the droughts, this uh, Lake Texoma has dropped so far that some of the this valley that was flooded, they're finding a bunch of archaeological evidence of the people that had lived there at the time. Graves are, are being basically uprooted for, I guess, lack of a better term. Show. They're, 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 the they're, dead they're, are walking the earth! <laughs> yeah. We have zombies. Um, they're showing prehistoric skulls, ancient tools, fossils, a small cemetery, which contains the graves of freed slaves. You know, all of this really plenty of archaeological evidence from really a time that there's... Yes, there are written records, but there really aren't written records. Right. So, so you know, they're, it's they're awesome. Really, really getting down there, and they're starting to do uh, digs and stuff yeah, because they, digs. there's nothing they can do, right? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to fill it up until they get more rain, more water. So the, this this area is not going to naturally fill back up. No, it's well, if it does, it's going to take a flood, and well, that ain't going to happen. Biblical proportions. Yes, <laughs> the, you know, and it's so it's really neat. I mean, there's. Just, Lots of information, lots of evidence being found. So. And it's happening all over uh, the Texas. South. Not just Texas, but up in Oklahoma, yeah. too. Try again. Get more resonance. Eh, a little better. Call yourself a musician. Okay, now you're getting silly. <laughs> and speaking of silly, um, in Miami... A transgender transgender woman was arrested um, in the last week or so for allegedly posing as a doctor and injecting cement and mineral oil and flat tire sealant into the buttocks of a woman who wanted a fuller figure. Ow. Apparently, uh, according to police, this uh, woman, um, O'Neill Ron Morris, who was obviously formerly a man, now identifies as a woman previously performed this similar work on herself and a friend of this victim referred um, the victim to Morris for a series of $700 injections given in May of 2000. The wow. uh, Morris apparently injected tubes of several uh, several places around the bottom and pumped full of these toxic substances. This victim went to the hospital because eventually started getting sores, flu-like systems, sy- symptoms, and a lot of pain, and was just too embarrassed to say anything to the real doctors, so kept having to go back again and again and again. And eventually, um, the doctors found out what it really was and contacted the Department of Health, and the whole thing happened. But this is what skepticism is about, about thinking, is it too good to be true that you're getting these injections from just some person in the back alley or something like that? I mean, you know, you you see all these things about people who are addicted to plastic surgery, and this is the worst case scenario. (laughs) I'm done. I don't need no more. What we should do is is, is also say that it's alleged that 
she did this. It has not been proven beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt. Let's right. keep ourselves within the legal right. parameters. But, but cement? They put but cement in there? Cement, cement and fix a flat. Fix okay. a flat. But you, you know you're supposed to put rebar in there first, right? For <laughs> It's well, only for stability purposes. Well, well the, the uh, fact true. is that apparently... And apparently you want that ass to shake. <laughs> apparently ah, this point. person did it on herself first. Ah! And then did it to this victim. So that's oh, kind yeah. of evidence that if the same sealant and, and cement are in someone's body, it's probably the same person who did it to both people. Yeah, because the that's booty. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> that's that's just scary. So... Um, uh, to scare us even more, yes, Gary is going to talk fear! to us. Fear, fear about something scary. The Book of Doom by Warren Jeffs the and Book Company. Of, the Book of what? Doom, not Doctor Doom, but just the Book of Doom. Warren Jeffs and the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, um, which has been in the news recently for batshit crazy stuff, sent and getting sent to jail. The books, a 247-page book of writings by Jeffs and other members. Was it a commentary on the God delusion or no, it was, how to be it good was to people? Revelations, and, and because they are prophets, um, uh, profiteering with a PH, not with an F. What's that called? Uh, revelations of future events, don't you know? So... It's called, the book is titled Proclamation, and it includes five revelations and eight loose-leaf pages in the back of the book that were written at different locations as Jeffs was moved through the Texas prison system. So, there's brand new ones, so it must be true. Now, what makes me mad is they just threw it away. They looked at it, scanned through it, said, okay, I know what it's about, and they threw it away. I want it. I, I want I want to. I want to read it. We, yeah. we always talk about that. We want to finally get hate mail as a podcast. Yeah. We send it to us, FLDS people. Please, we've do. been we've been commenting on Warren Jeffs and the whole FLDS plan no for months now. Send us some doom. Send us some doom. And unfortunately, they didn't really say what the uh, revelations were. Really, I'd rather they just send us some love. Uh. But you know, I mean, wouldn't you like to know? Uh, apparently, if they if they keep moving them around and prosecuting the the Jeffs and, and the FLDS, their their bad things are going to happen. But not like but, what? But, but not but famines. Not, bad Mocus? things. Bad thing. Bad things. So like what? I don't want to know what the bad things are. You don't just say open up the book and bad things happen. You open up the book to find out what the bad things are. Doom happens. Doom. B- bad. And not good. I want locusts, damn it. <laughs> so a drought, a drought will happen to oh. to to them. <laughs> so I guess it wasn't threatening enough doom to be considered harassment and taking legal action. Uh, no, I think they just think is nuts. I guess yeah. the doom they were referring to is you will walk out and your fly well, will that's, be unzipped. Actually, that, that's not that's not quite true. The, there's a FBI task force on terrorism in in parentheses, by the way. A joint FBI task force on, on terrorism, terrorism to see what else may be required to do for sending out these doom books. Doom! Doom! <laughs> I can't help it. It's, it's got... Yeah, every doom time... Doom is a funny word. It's a wonderfully musical word. Yeah. It's just... It's a silly word. It's, it's, a, it's a cartoon word. It's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a very bad Bond villain word. You shall be sent to your doom! Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
tell me your plan now, and yeah. we can get this over with. You know. Yeah, your, your ridiculously easy escape mechanism that, that I will be able to... <laughs> so, well, anyway, there, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, that's And that was the lightning just... round. Yay! Um, I thought since it's Thanksgiving week, we might as Thank well be a little sappy. Goodness, we're done. And <laughs> well, over here, we're done. You still have to edit the damn thing. True. <laughs> Or I could just not edit it and just put it up as it is like I do with my other podcast. Oh, God. <laughs> We're screwed. Anyway, <laughs> I thought it, it may be a little sappy, but why don't we talk a bit about what we're thankful for and, you know. Well, thanks for springing that on us. You, know, you, didn't, you couldn't say this at the beginning? You have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera on the, on the bottom of this. I'm supposed to be th- – oh, jeez. You, you mean no one has ever asked you what you're thankful for around mid-November? No. Never? No, I just never think about it. But they always do when they go around the 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 table and they say, what are you thankful for? Right. And I always As, have to you come got up nothing? with something. Yeah, I got nothing. I have a friend on Facebook, Dana, who's been posting <laughs> once a day. I know. For, you know, this is what I'm thankful today. This is what I'm thankful. You can't think of nothing? Sorry about that double negative, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're well, think, you're thankful for double negatives. <laughs> Well, Donna, what are you thankful for? <laughs> well, as I posted on Facebook earlier, I'm thankful for Amazon Prime because they saved me a shit ton of money today. <laughs> Great. Now we're pimping even more. Yeah. Well, no. You know, I, I am I am thankful for my family and my friends. And See, I always hate this because <laughs> they always get to start with, I'm thankful for family and friends. Well, and, and my well, Okay, yeah, con- I'm thankful for family and friends, too. <laughs> and my great podcast mates who put up with me and my my crazy schedule and are very accommodating of that because I'm you know pretty much the slacker of the group. So. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. That's what you're going for here. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> Seriously, go we, ahead, Greg. We gotta, we gotta get him on decaf. I'm gonna mock you too. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I was mainly going to say I am th- I, I am thankful that we started this podcast experiment some seven or about seven months ago or so now that, you know, we talked last week about the study about uh, that was saying that people who go to religious services are more happy, have a more positive outlook on life. This podcast for me on a personal level has been a regular activity that has brought me together with intelligent people to have fun and engaging conversations with. And it's just, it's been a really positive experience for me. So goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, you know, I just really enjoy having fun with all three of you when David is here. Um, every week on this I podcast. Even, you know what? You told him that this was coming up, and that's why he's missing, isn't it? He didn't want to answer. <laughs> Maybe David is not the most sentimental of the four of us. I'll take, you know, I'm the most feminine of us, as far as I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I unfortunately have to agree with you there. <laughs> Though I probably don't wear a dress as often as Gary does. Mm, no. But... <laughs> I don't wear a dress as often as Gary does. <laughs> True. I wear it as often as I do. <clears throat> At least once a year. Okay. So, I am thankful for... Thankful Stop. that one, I can speak... You're thankful for William Shatner. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, I'm thankful for all of my friends in, in all the areas of my life, both especially with the with the skeptic and the atheist groups, and with my running group, and uh, with with the music and the film industry and engineers. So basically, everybody. I'm I'm happy to be that alive. We were left out, sort of. No, no, I said no, skeptic. We're, we're part of the meetups. Skeptic. We're part of the meetups. Yeah, but I'm very happy that we started to do this podcast and that one, we all get along. Two, that we can hang out with each other outside of this. Anyway, I it's think this has gone on a little yeah, <laughs> long well, enough. Well, but I'll be cutting it down. Maybe. Yeah, we we appreciate each other, but we also appreciate our ever growing listeners. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thank all, you for listening. All and, our, and for all those our, of you who are responding and, and giving us uh, emails feedback and, and, and friending us, us on Facebook. On the blog. Yeah. All our you. tens and tens of listeners, we love Absolutely. you very much. <laughs> yeah. We we could not do this without them. Well, we could, but it'd be kind of pathetic. As a reward for our listeners who we really appreciate and really like, next Wednesday, the 30th of November, we will be doing a second, well, I guess third, but our, our, a live show here in San Antonio on, uh, like I said, Wednesday, November 30th, 7 p.m. If you go to the San Antonio Skeptics Meetup page and join the group, you can RSVP there, or if you contact the skeptic wire at, at gmail.com, uh, we can, you know, first vet you to make sure you're not a crazy person. <laughs> well, well, we might invite crazy people. Maybe We're going to be there. I'm Jesus not inviting my family. <laughs> but we'll be doing a live show. We encourage our audience to join in on some of the conversations. We bring a fifth microphone to let someone come up and enjoy themselves. And uh, <laughs> you're wow, you're such well, a pervert. Well, you know what? Sometimes you have to do those kind of shows. To yeah. we have a fifth microphone, so the, the audience member can come up and join the conversation. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. <laughs> and we hope that you will join us on our live show next week, yeah. episode thirty-four, November thirtieth. Uh, please come join us. And unless anybody else has anything else tonight. I have not. And the dogs were good. Tonight. I said like yeah. else three times in that sentence, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. Well, no, that's... you know what? We have to thank Calliope and Misi. You know, yeah. I mean, they were very well behaved tonight. I think this is the best they've been in pretty much any of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's Dave. <laughs> it's David. Dave gets the dogs all riled up. Oh. I don't think so. Mm. We'll have to do a controlled blinded experiment. Though what blinding David is going to help, I don't know. <laughs> Blind the dogs. <laughs> Please come back soon, David. We're lost without you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll see you all Ciao. next week. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the podposted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Donna, who's going to talk? <laughs> Apparently, Donna has no more time left. <laughs> We're done! Yay! Out of Thanksgiving! <laughs> oh. A little self-control, Carrie. Hi.
We're, we're <laughs> using, we're using, see, usually, before we start, I'd like to point out that usually we use a digital version of a dingy bell thing that, that's on, on Dave's iPod. But a, a, we're a, going old school now. A, we are going analog dingy bell thing from an actual old telephone. And a pen, a pen as a mallet. <laughs> so, please, continue as we work our way through the acoustic bell thingy. All right, no more caffeine <laughs> for you, dude. <laughs>